Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Whose responsibility is it for having fun in a role-playing game? Ah, trick question. We should talk about that. Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am the GM who likes to entertain you all, Phil. And I am the GM who also um, likes to entertain you. What am I supposed to do with that? And I'm a player? I'm, that makes I it mean, sound you're a like GM too, play. but... That's silly. Oh, all right. Let's Good. try another one. I am your other host, Senda. <laughs> I'm not editing this. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> well, sorry for the intro, everyone. Again, again, this is just a perfect, this is actually, that exchange perfectly encapsulates um, this episode it, during our quarantines. Um as we remain in lockdown and as we are taking it uh, somewhat, quote, easy on the show, uh, we are neither scripting it, therefore Senda did not know what to say in response. Yes, correct. Nor are we editing it so that when she did it wrong, <laughs> we don't correct it. So that is basically what you're getting for the next half hour to 45 minutes, however long the show goes. Um, you are getting it neither scripted nor edited, and yet... We are pretty confident it will still be entertaining. It will still be entertaining. It just means that the outtakes are buried within the show itself, except for that one that we stuck right up front. <laughs> totally botched the opening. You know, maybe we should start planning the openings again. <laughs> nah. Nah. I like oh, sometimes goodness. sometimes look sometimes you're right in line with me and like you yep. get you get where I'm going. Yep. And other times like totally not. I was playing off player and GM, but never mind. I know, it. but it was a lie. <laughs> Are you not a player? I am that too. Are you currently GMing any games? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not saying you're not a GM. Of course you're a GM. But are you not also a player? I am also a player. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Okay. 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 Good. What I was shooting for was I am the GM who likes entertaining you, and then you were going to be like, and I am I'm the player who player is also responsible. Who likes yes. entertaining you also. Yes, which now leads us to our topics. Hey, send a, <laughs> I know there must be a point to this show if we're going to do one. What's what's the topic for tonight? Well, gosh, you know, Andrew Dacey in the Slack Room for Life uh, brought up a cool thing. I'm not. I'm going to paraphrase what sort of the main gist of the the topic was which is essentially as a player um how is it your responsibility or in what ways can you be responsible for helping the gm bring the fun so we would like to tonight dispel the myth of the gm being solely responsible for the fun at an rpg table yeah yeah um i think that if you I don't know where it comes from, and I've definitely experienced it. So I believe that there is this misnomer that, um, and I don't know, it falls into this kind of general mindset of players, right? Players show up to the game, GM show up, run the game, like basically, quote, do the work, mm -hmm. right? Which is like a terrible um, thing. And we, and we talked about a couple episodes ago about um, 
player's responsibilities for, you know, um, doing stuff in the game. And like, we're back here again on this, right? So, you know, there, I've definitely experienced this, like I said, where I've been in game groups where it was like, everybody sat back and was like, entertain us now, Phil, with, you know, (laughs) with your adventure and story and stuff, Um, which... You know, it's fine if you're firing on all cylinders and ready to go. But oh, man. <laughs> but like Sunday morning at 8 a.m. at the con, it can be rough. It can be pretty rough. I've um, been that person. <laughs> and all your players just stare at you. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and, and the truth of the matter is, right? The truth of the matter is that we all have a responsibility. Um, we all have a responsibility to be entertaining in the game, be it uh, whether you have the GM role uh, or you have, quote, the player role, because I, I, much like fingers and thumbs, everybody at the table is a player. The GM is a has a special role as one of the players of the game. Yeah, I mean, this. so it's really interesting. Uh, this occurred to me, and it is not on our list of to- things to talk about for this that we quickly jotted down in the 30 seconds before we hit record. So um, bear with me. Um, the interesting thing about RPGs, and I think that this entire topic just lends itself to this conversation, um, is that when, when, when us nerds do silly things like, um, put, uh, professional RPG stuff on resumes, for example, mm-hmm. what, what do we talk about that RPGs do for us? Um, we talk about leadership, we talk about teamwork, and we talk about communication and working with a group of people um, for a shared goal, right? Um, so this is the kind of situation where we get to say, like, a game is a team activity and everybody is responsible for participating and contributing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and the reason we know this is true, right? <laughs> the reason we know this is true is that if you play... A game that is quote GMless or has a distributed GM role, you people still have fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wild, so, right? Like people play fiasco and they have a great time. Like, correct. Which so it dispels <laughs> it, it completely dispels the theory that you have to have a GM like the GM is responsible for bringing the entertainment to the game, right? Like yes. the GM has a role in being entertaining. Right. And has some additional responsibilities in terms of uh, kicking off the um, scenario for the evening, getting that session going and that kind of thing. But we all we all as players in a game, we all have a responsibility to also be entertaining, not only to ourselves, but to everyone else at the table. Bring the fun. And that is what we're going to talk about tonight. And yes. uh, we're going to approach it from a couple different. Uh, we're going to approach it from a couple different places, uh, because there are different things that you can do to be entertaining as a player. Right, or or also different pitfalls that you can just generally avoid to avoid being that person who. Yeah, which are kind of the yes blocking the fun. <laughs> um, so so we have sort of split it into two categories. One is in the process of starting a game, and one is during the actual game play. So let's start with if you're like starting a game. Yes. So we're going to define this as everything from before there is a game. Yes. All the way through the end of session zero. Cause I actually have a couple of ideas that are brewing as we're um, sure 
as sure. we're talking. So, so this is everything from before there's a game through session zero. Then we'll talk about um, from session one on. Yes. Good. Okay. Cool. That All makes right. sense. So cool. Um, I, I would say um, the first thing is that your acceptance to come play a game mm-hmm. is your first responsibility to be entertaining. Yeah. I agree. And, and and specifically in if somebody comes to you and they say, I want to run this game and you look at it and you go, I know that I dislike this game or even I have no interest in playing this game whatsoever or whatever it is. Right. Don't say yes. Right. Like right. Un- unless you can sit down at that table with a true positive um, attitude to at least give it a very fair shake, just, just politely decline and jump in on the next one. Yeah. Now that's, now that's easier said than done. It is. uh, Depending on how gaming and your social group and things like that overlap. Right. For sure. Um, I I will say that in, in the past, in my social group, not being in a game um, was pretty, it was pretty harsh. It was our main way of getting together and interacting with each other. So if you were to bow out of a game because there was no prediction of how long a campaign could last, right? Four sessions, three years, whatever, um, you know, that was a problem. So our group, um, for better or for worse, our group took the tact of uh, we will not run a game that anyone is not interested in. Yeah, I right? mean that's the other direction to go. Yeah, right. So our ours was we'll we're gonna need group consensus to say that we are all excited about playing this game, and that meant that there were a lot of games that I wanted to run that I did not get to run because various members of the group were not hot on it, and we just skipped those games to play other games that we all were excited about um, until. That became untenable. Um, yeah. In in one of my game groups, that reached a point where that was untenable, uh, and that game group um, kind of broke up, and pieces of that game group reformed into other game groups. Um, yeah, I mean, just to speak really briefly to my current game group experience, because um, this is a style of game group I have not had before, and I'm going to say, like, I love it. Um, so we run short campaign arcs and a lot of little one shots and stuff happens all the time where it's like, um, actually, I I mean, I, I play everything, but, um, but say Andy, for example, um, plays with us about 50% of the time. Right. And it's not a big deal at all. And so we were like, we're going to play cartel. It's going to be great. And she was like, ah, not feeling it like pandemic, very serious content matter. Um, I'm going to sit this one out and it's like, cool, not a big deal, right? Like it's not that long and um, it's not going to be some permanent thing. And like we ended up running a one shot last week instead of the conclusion because the GM was busy. And like, so she was back in on that one shot where we, you know, played Halloween. Yes. (laughs) Halloween Hallmark. Yes. It was great. But like, you know, so it's one of those like um, stepping in or stepping out, depending on how, um, any particular person feels about the game itself or like how it's going to go or just how their life is going at the moment is like not a big deal, which is amazing. It's, it's a, really cool. <laughs> not it, everybody I mean, has it set up like that, but it's it's amazing to have that. 
right? It's great if you can get your group set up like that. The alternative is then the way I said it, which is that sometimes you will sacrifice running games that you really want, or you will need to go find another group um, to go scratch that itch. Yep. Cool. So... Yeah, All right, yeah, so yeah. so I so I think it's that's the and and I will also say just as one extra thing to tack onto that this also uh, very much and we've talked about this m- on many past episodes of the show this also applies to when you sign up for a con game oh yes yes I mean for a con game like uh, ten times right like do not sign up for a con game you are not interested in why would you do that to that yeah, poor GM <laughs> exactly right this is please um, don't. <laughs> Yeah, so. And especially in our quarantine times, because it is much harder to share energy and spoons through the computer at all of these online conventions. Um, as a GM, you are putting a lot more energy out into the universe to get things started and to make things tick. Don't suck people's energy out of them for something that you are not interested in. Just don't do it. That's me. Yeah. And, and when we say not interested, we're not even talking about fully resisting, like this game's stupid. I don't want to go. It, it could literally be like... Eh, I'm not really like this. I'm lukewarm to this game. Right. Like he, like, again, this goes to another thing that we've talked about a lot, which is enthusiastic consent. Right. So that's not, you need, you need to enthusiastically (laughs) consent to the game that you are going to play. Otherwise you probably shouldn't be playing this game in the long run. Okay. That's first part. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the next part? Um, the other part of this is like when you show up at a session. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pause you. Yeah. I'm going to move that one over. Yeah. I'm going to move that one over to the next part. So then I think we've, part, we, we've actually I have one more. covered everything that we wrote down. So you should do the one that you thought of. So the other one is, uh, you have a responsibility for making an interesting slash entertaining character for Ooh. this game. Ooh, yeah, you do. Right. Yeah. So, so no lone wolves. Well, right. or listen to our episode on Lone Wolves. <laughs> listen to our episode on Lone and Wolves. And do it right. <laughs> if you're going to do it at all, I highly recommend if you're you don't. Do it. Yeah. Um, but what uh, what it means is when you show up to the game to make your character, uh, don't play it completely safe. Right now, I'm gonna we're gonna say this again on the next section too about not playing it safe, and I'm going to say that this is a sliding scale, right? Depending on your game's tolerance for failure, yes. right? So some games are Lethality. not forgiving about failure, yeah, and you know wind up suboptimal decisions wind up getting you killed, while other games thrive on imperfect successes and failures like PBTA games where that kind of stuff is just uh gold, right? It's like fantastic. Yeah, exactly. So, or, or even fate and your, um, yeah, your shit. compels and Thank things you. like that. Yes. Yeah. So when you're making your character, your, your character is your extension of the game. So the first place you need to be entertaining is in your character. Yep. Uh, whether that is the way you embody your character, but at the, before session one, it's less about embodying your character and it's more about um, what is your character bringing uh, to the group? What is your character bringing to the uh, how, if this is a campaign, how this group is going to like what they're going to do in the long term, right? Like if you are all sand sailors on the great sand sea and you have picked the water mage, <laughs> right? You had better find a good reason 
to be the water mage, right? Otherwise, like you're going to suck the fun out of it because if you make a character that you are not happy with, you have already failed the first part of this, which is you must be entertaining to yourself in order to be entertaining to others. Yes. Right? So if if you have hamstrung yourself in character creation, mm-hmm. then you have a problem. Yeah. I mean, um, and I think one more thing that I would add to that list of yours, um, because this is how it works for me with successful characters, is um, that f- that as you go from session zero, as you jump into the game, make sure that there is one hook that you have for your character that you know that you can immediately play, whatever that yeah. is. Something you care about strongly, a person you're going to play off strongly, um, something that excites you that's going to come up a bunch, so that as you get accustomed to playing this character and figuring out and feeling your way into really how they work and how they tick, because that kind of thing can just take time, you have to have something that you can sink your teeth and do quickly so that you can immediately be involved, be invested, and entertain yourself so that you can entertain others. So... We wound up playing uh, years ago. We played a, um, it's famous on the Misdirected Mark. We played a very, um, uh, very cool campaign of Dungeon World um, in the it Airy is, Peaks, right? It is famous now, on the Misdirected Mark. <laughs> now, I mean, here's the thing the Airy Peaks was a pickup game. Yeah. That we were playing because one of our players dropped out of our new Monera game and we thought this was just going to be a temp game. Right. So when I made my character core, I didn't actually spend a lot of time on like making this character very deep. But I did the thing that you said. I was like, I need something that propels this character forward in the first session. Exactly, and yes. I fixated on this, um, I fixated on the Barbarian's um, insatiable appetite uh, move and the carouse move from the game. And this is where I got into this idea that this, you know, this Barbarian is is basically... Um, just getting money so that he can go back to town. He's, go- he's going in the dungeon to get treasure to go back into town to just indulge all of his earthly pleasures. Yeah. And, and, and that I took it like one notch higher that this was like, like a habit seeking, like this was like a drug seeking yeah, like kind a, of thing, right? Yeah. That he was professional in the dungeon and like, he was an entire frat party unto himself in the town. Like, he was in town. Well, he didn't save money. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, every other character I think saved money. I spent all my money. All right. Like time. I just, yeah. as soon as we come out, I just take my share. I'd just blow it until I was broke. It. Yep. And then I'd wake everybody up and be like, we got to go back in the, you know, into the dungeon. dungeon yeah. <laughs> um, and that was it. And that was my initial, um, that was my initial impetus for the character. And it was for the early part of the game, That's more than enough to get the job done. Yep. And to be entertaining to everyone else. Cause everyone else loved it. Like we, you know, after between adventures, there'd always be the story of like, where do we find core? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> passed out somewhere, you know, whatever, um, having drank and, you know, indulged in physical pleasures that kind of thing well so the last game that i played for she's a super geek which is coming out um, when you hear this it'll be last tuesday um and content warning wow world war ii nazis 
Um, but the last character that I then made for, for that, um, for that game, like I specifically looked at it and this was a lot darker, um, but she'd lost her husband in the war. And so she was joining the special forces, um, basically to follow in his footsteps. Like, so she was determined to like go big or not go home. Right. Like she was in it. And so she like went big and like did not hold back and made um risky decisions with big results kind of thing but like that's that's that was the thing that I went in there for and that's a little bit more subtle to actually play but you know the moment that you it's still something that you have right that you know about the character as you walk in so that you know and understand like how to interact with other people at the table how to describe even a first scene or like what they look like in that first moment, all of that stuff, right? How they would be acting, what they would be doing. Um, yeah, important stuff. It's really funny. Every now and then I get a character where um, I sort of fail to do this. I have one right now, which is really funny um, that I'm talking about this because it's bringing it into very stark contrast for me. I'm like, oh, that's that's what's going on. I, I get it. Um, that I'm like, okay, I need to rethink, like, I need to figure out what, what her thing is. Cause the reason I'm having trouble engaging, um, you know, with other characters and stuff, isn't that I'm not engaged. It's that I don't know how, I don't understand how she engages. So like, okay, cool. Like I know how to fix that. Um, but it is funny. I mean, it happens to the best of us, right? Where you think you have a thing and then like, you know, it's like a month between times you play, kind of forget what's going on. And you're like, oh, I don't remember yeah. what I'm doing now. <laughs> Did I have a purpose? Um. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I think going back to that, right? Purpose is a big deal, and that is that is not the GM or the group's complete responsibility, right? There are components of it that are their responsibilities, right? Players should have connections to other players. GMs need to kind of take the hooks that players are putting out there regarding personality, plot, or whatever, and incorporate them into their material, right? Like, it, it, again, all of this is a group effort, but very much so, um, starting with you, you need to make a character that is going to be entertaining in this game. Yeah. And be proactive, like they're going to be a character who would take actions, not a character who's going to sit at home on the farm. Well, now we're going to get into uh, session yeah. one stuff. So let's <laughs> Let segue. move along. <laughs> let's move right over to the session one advice. Um, starting with, uh, starting with, I'll do this one because you had mentioned it first. I'll mention it and then I'm going to let you do the second one, which I think is really cool. Okay. Because uh, I want you to do that one. Uh, the next one is when you show up to the game. Okay, you you person, not your character, you mm -hmm. person. Player. Yes, you you the person, the player. Need to uh, be aware of how you're doing when you sit down to the table to play. Because you do have a responsibility to be uh, entertaining, to contribute to the table and things like that. And if you're not there, if you are uh, distracted because of school if you are exhausted because of work if you are not feeling well although i think that one's going to go away i don't oh, think anybody's going to be playing with anyone else who's not feeling if you're well not feeling anymore. well just don't don't right don't spread um, it <laughs> that's the old days that's the old days when Those my players would show up with days. like a with like a mild cold and just come to the game anyway yeah, no don't do that um, anymore don't do that no. but if you are not if you have nothing in the tank 
you need to acknowledge that, right? I'm not saying don't show up to the game. There are different ways groups handle this, right? Each group has their own way of handling this, but you need to signal that your tank is empty, right? So you just got to come in and be like, or text everyone and be like, hey, like I, I just had like the world's worst day at work. I feel like I've been run over. I, I like I got nothing, right? Some groups are going to deal with this by saying, hey, no problem. Skip tonight. We're going to play. We'll catch you up when you get when you get there. For some groups, that's perfectly fine. Other games aren't going to be really tolerant for skipping players. So that group might be like, hey, don't worry about making it. We'll just play something else. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we'll hang out. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe we'll just cancel. Right. Right. In the old days, maybe we'd get, we'd get out a board game. But now that we're not in the same space, like, you know, there we'll are, go. This Discord has ghosts in it. Right. Always so, default to this game now. <laughs> <laughs> so the point being is that if you don't have it, you need to tell people about it rather than like showing up and trying to uh, like push through. Right. I'm um, Unless like the, the one exception to this, it is fair to sit down at the table. I have done this and say, wow, that was the worst day at work ever. Please pour me a drink. Um, I think that this is going to help. Right. If you well, think that's, playing that is, is going to okay. help and you're like, this is going to feed me energy and then I will be able to feed it back into the game. Okay, cool. If you think that it's going to hurt you or the game for you to play, nah. Yeah. Nah. All right. So assuming that you're okay to play. Yeah. What is, uh, what is the next thing? <laughs> so um, the, the next thing is actually, you know, to help the main storyline go like make it tick which we have a whole episode about this because it's taking the bait right take the bait it we you know there's a hook in it just nom that worm crunch down on it it's all good and then let the gm reel you in don't bite it it's all good just take the bait Right. And and really what we're saying is uh, to be receptive of what's going on at the table. Right. So, so it's it's being <laughs> I thought that was the one you were gonna do, to be honest. I oh, thought okay. you were well, receptive one. Well you said the next one and I did the next one. There's like six on this list. Man, that's all right. So okay, keep going. Let's we'll blend be- these two together. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> so right, so so taking the so taking the bait is really the first part of this idea of being receptive, right? So it's about um Part of being entertaining is uh, not only entertaining yourself, but is also the entertainment of everyone else at the table. Uh, and so part of what the GM is trying to do is that in many in, in games that have a GM and, and have a typical um, kind of scenario adventure structure. Right. So there are games that, that don't do this, but many games we play do this. Um, the GM has put something together in order for you all to go on some adventure mission, whatever, whatever you're at the beginning of this thing. Make it easy for the GM, make it easy for everyone at the table. Just as soon as the, you know, as soon as the old man in the corner, you know, looks up from his drink, take the, you know, take the quest and let's get started. Right. Jump in, go do it. But it also means, um, being receptive to the ideas of your fellow players at the table. So this is not just about getting started, although it is about getting started and it's about continuing to take those plot hooks as they happen as the story goes forward. It's also about when someone sitting next to you says, hey, I think maybe we should light that bridge on fire. It's about saying, yes, we should. 
because that's cool and interesting. And if we burn the bridge down, then, you know, the marauding bandits can't come across it or whatever it is. Um, and so, like, it's about being receptive to the GM. It's about being receptive to the other players at your table. Um, and it's about listening so that you hear that stuff and then building on that 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 opportunity. <coughs> we yeah. can we can have a long conversation about improv at this point. We won't. I will just really briefly say, um, hey, there's a whole book of games that help you build these skills in real time. It's called Improv for Gamers. It's by Karen Twelves. It's a great book. You should probably check it out. Um, she's been making some notes on Twitter about some of the games work really well online. Some of them not as well. I played a bunch of them online for She's a Super Geek, so you can check out that episode and get an idea for at least some of the ones that do. Oof, hard plug. Nice I know. Job. Um, <laughs> Cool. Toss me another one. Um, how about, um, let's see, we actually kind of talked about having ideas for your character. Um, Good. We sort of blended it in um, elsewhere. Um, so yep. the, the other one that we actually have on here is make interesting and entertaining decisions. Which Cool. I'm, can I have a one-shot moment here? And just for my one-shot sure. fans here, um, make brave and heroic decisions. Um, but we're going to say make interesting and entertaining decisions. Yes, because your game may not be brave nor heroic. Well, um, <laughs> if you're playing cartel, you may not be brave or heroic, um, but you do need to make interesting decisions. Yes. Okay. So what do we mean by interesting decisions? And again, this is going to be on a sliding scale based on how the game that you're playing deals with suboptimal choices. Yes. Um, which makes me think that that may be suboptimal choices may be a misdirected mark topic yeah. at some point. I, um, I feel like we could do something specifically with players in terms of um, player advice in this particular mini series about making suboptimal decisions as a player. I could totally do that, but I was also kind of thinking of the mechanics behind in terms suboptimal of decisions. Mechanically, for game design stuff, you should do that on misdirected mark. I yeah. mean, I'm happy to talk about it with you, but. Um, that's, no, where that's, we, cool. that's where we pretend to draw the lines between our show topics. <laughs> They're really, it's really only it's so that we don't mushy. poach topics across each, each show. I know, but you do anyway. <laughs> okay. I, let, let me get back on track here yes. so that we don't wander too far off. Um, <sighs> Happy outings. So let's go back to interesting decisions and let's talk about suboptimal decisions, right? Yes. So suboptimal decisions are uh, when you do not make what is the quote best move uh, in the game. Uh, and, Different games have different tolerances for this, right? Um, a game like um, a game like uh, Third Edition D anD D doesn't really have a safety net for suboptimal decisions, Not right? So all. if you make a yeah. suboptimal decision and um, you know walk into an enemy attack for you know a whole bunch of dice and now you're dead. That's not that much fun. No. Right? That's, that's not really entertaining. Hard consequences kind of situation. But if you are playing Dungeon World, on the other hand, where uh, you go and do a thing and then you roll and you get a six and six minus the GM has an array of moves to make uh, and also has an obligation to make it interesting. So they basically play off of your interesting move with their own interesting move and take it up a notch. Or say you're in Hydro Hacker and you keep failing rolls until you finally end up trying to steal the gun from the bad guy who works for the Water Authority and almost get your companion killed. But it was such a fantastically fun scene that neither of you will ever stop talking about it. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> exactly. So the, and so the idea the idea of this being is that if your game if your game has a tolerance for suboptimal play, that be open to the idea that the decision that your character makes may not be the one that as a player you're like, "Oh, clearly they should not open the store. It's clearly trapped based on what's going, you know, what's going on in this." But just open the door and let it ride. So this is a thing to me, like from from a design mechanics perspective, suboptimal decision making is the correct way to describe this, right? From a player perspective, when you are walking up to that door, what we're really saying is take the risk, right? Like if the game tolerance allows it, be willing to take risks, and instead of playing like this character is a porcelain doll that is your favorite toy, um, be willing to take risks because risks make interesting decisions. Um, risks make play entertaining because you've created stakes by taking a risk. If you never take a risk, then the GM has to try and create all the stakes for you at all times. When you make a risky decision like, ah, I'm just going to open this door, you've immediately created stakes by not checking that door for traps, right? Yeah. Or you clearly know the monsters behind the door or, right. Right. you know, I mean, whatever. Just do it. And that's I mean, it's really easy to do these things in one shots because like drive it like you stole it. Right. It's sometimes harder when you're like really far into a campaign, but also when you're really far into a campaign, sometimes you just decisions are much more interesting anyway, because they've gotten more complicated. Right. Now, I want to caveat this by saying that there is an extreme version of this, which is what I like to call chaotic stupid. Yeah, don't do that. Um, and that is not entertaining. <laughs> no. Um, Nobody likes that chaotic is just, stupid. Right. That is just like making bad decisions um, in a passive aggressive way to kind of damage the campaign. And in which case, in many cases, you are just ruining people's fun, not making it um, not making it more entertaining. So the point of this is in the middle, because we are adults and we can reason and we understand not extremes in the middle of this, there is a place for making suboptimal decisions that makes the story more entertaining. Yeah. And that is where you want to point your character. I'm just going to say a thing and then we can wrap this up. Cause I think we've touched on pretty much everything. Um, the thing that I want to say is, as someone who has played a lot of Kender in my life and gotten a lot of shit for enjoying playing Kender, the discussion that I end up having, and I have had on this show before, every time someone gives me shit for playing Kender, is and, and, this. And it has been many. And it has been many, but it is this conversation right here, right? Because being a Kender will give you an excuse to take risks, that are interesting, yes. if, especially if you have agreement from people at your table that you're going to play like this and that they have they can stop you, right? Um, sometimes, right? But that you should be taking risks and that you can take risks, but it doesn't mean that you're playing chaotic stupid. And no, I'm not going to listen to all y'all out there then telling me that I'm not playing Kender right because I want to play Kender in a way that people will continue to want to play with me at the table. I don't care what your version of quote right is. <laughs> Right. Let's just, to clear all of this up, it comes at me from all angles. People hate playing with Kinder, and then people are like, well, you're doing it wrong if people actually enjoy playing with you. Well, okay, fine. But there <laughs> is a version of playing a risk-taking character that is enjoyable to play with and can drive the game forward, right? And make things happen. 
And there's a range between the two extremes, the one extreme being like, we don't take two steps without checking every tile on this floor to see if it's going to collapse under us. Well, that's not very much fun, frankly. Uh, Let's not editorialize that. (laughs) That may be fun for certain people. It could be fun. Okay. From a character perspective for me, I find that it makes the game happen very slowly, and I tend to get frustrated with that mechanically. That's fair. That's fair. That's a fair way for me to say that? Okay. That's fair. So that is why my statement was that. That's true. I don't want to shit on anybody's fun. I'm saying the word shit a lot. We are explicit. You have been warned. But from the other side, on the other side of this coin, so on the other side of this coin, you get the people who do play Chaotic Stupid, which is like, I'm just going to light this on fire because I was left alone for 30 seconds. Um, And like, okay, why? (laughs) Again, the reasonable middle. Right. So there's the range in the middle and you can play um, a range of the types of characters that fall into the middle, right? You can play brave. You can play brave and heroic decisions that are not smart decisions. (laughs) I will sum this up with a quote from Roger Rabbit. (laughs) From Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the scene where in the scene where Roger's got the handcuffs on Mm -hmm. And there, I, I forget the guy's name. The guy, the human guy, is sawing him off, and he's sawing and he's sawing and he's sawing. And then, and then Roger takes his hands out of the cuffs, and like, and like talks to him. And and the guy looks at him and he's like, "Are you telling me you could have taken your hands out of those handcuffs at any time?" And Roger looks at him and goes, "No." only when it was funny. <laughs> and that is what we're talking about by by making suboptimal decisions. We're not talking about make every decision suboptimal. Make suboptimal decisions when it's going to make the game better. Yes. Yeah. And that and and that unto itself is actually a whole topic. It really is. Um we may do it next week <laughs> based on this discussion. Um and suboptimal decisions uh mechanically may be a topic for a future misdirected mark uh, show, which is also a possibility. Um, But is there anything else we need to say about the responsibility as a player for being, for bringing the fun, your portion of the fun to the game? Yeah. I will say one last thing. And I will say we have also done an episode on this. So there's way more information out there about it and that is just share the spotlight i think when we talked about sharing the spotlight although i could be wrong it occurs to me i'm pretty sure when we talked about sharing the spotlight we talked about it from gm and player perspective how to do it from both of those angles and so you do have a responsibility as a player to help pass that spotlight around or to bring people in on that spotlight right and it's both ways so sometimes it's bringing somebody into your spotlight yep sometimes it is sensing that you have reached the important part, the end of the important part of your scene. Yep. And, and pushing the spotlight on. away. Yep. Pass it yep. on. Yep. Okay, cool. Are we good with that? That's it. Yeah. All right. So if people have listened to this and have more uh, thoughts or questions around this idea of player responsibility, of bringing fun to the game, uh, we would be happy um, to uh, to talk more about this topic. And we'll tell you how to do it when we get to the closing of the show. Sure. But in order to get to the closing of the show, Senda's got to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yes, I do. And I'm going to tell you about the Gnomecast this week. I'm going to tell you about the Gnomecast specifically because episode 99 is coming out sometime right around now-ish. 
Um, I don't know exactly if it was a little bit before this or a little bit after this, so just go check it out and see. Um, in episode 99 of the Gnomecast, I will have a bespoke um, little blurb here. Um, I sat down and had a fantastic conversation with Sharong Bizwaz and uh, Lucian Khan about Honey and Hot Wax, which is a really fascinating anthology of games. So you should go check that out and listen to it. It was awesome. They were absolutely amazing to chat with. And um, I can't wait till it is released to the world. I wish I'd had like five more hours because they just could have kept going and it was all gold. Good. Yeah, that's okay. my that's my very bespoke. <laughs> I love it. I love week. it. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which are forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark. And Phil, once they find us in one of those locations, what can they do with that information? So, and this was my uh, point just a few, like a minute or two ago, mm-hmm. um, send us topics to talk about. So if you just heard something on the show and you're like, hey, I'd like Phil and Senda to unpack that some more. Um, just let us know. Use any of the uh, means that Senda indicated above. Send us a topic for the show. It can be a question. It could just be a thing that you want us to talk about. Um, you can get really specific and do kind of like the format of the show. You want to know player versus GM, one shot versus campaign, whatever. Like, if you got a query, we want to hear it. Um, you'd be surprised what we can turn out into a show. Um, Given a good, given a good solid topic, so uh, send them our way. Uh, we would love to. Uh, we would love to. Um, we'd love to talk about them. We really try to do the show primarily on uh, things that you find to be interesting, rather than things that we find to be interesting, because we will sit around and talk about the ditch lilies um, <laughs> pretty much for an hour if you let us. Yeah, so, dangerous. <laughs> anyway. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mr. Mark Network, please uh, consider, if you can, supporting our Patreon campaign. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Um, it helps a lot. Um, it does a lot for us on the network. And, you know, we have uh, various expenses to keep the lights on. So um, hosting and bandwidth and backups and uh, equipment, uh, things like that. So um, your patronage. Uh, helps us tremendously to uh, make all of that possible. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. And in return, uh, some of the things that we like to do is, uh, one, we'll invite you into our Slack room for life, uh, a fine group of humans um, that um, that talk about life, talk about gaming, talk about food. There's a lot of talk about food in the recipe <laughs> channel. Um there's all sorts of things going on in the Slack Room for Life. Uh, you can kind of just get in whatever pieces you like um, of it. Um, we have um, we have our weekly uh, luncheon where on Fridays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, get together on Zoom and all hang out. Um, and some of us eat lunch. Some of us eat second breakfast. Um, really depends on what time zone you're in. Yeah, some of us just keep working but try to be present because <laughs> it's exactly. like 10.30 in the morning. Um, you get the bonus outtakes from this show. Uh, you'll get the after show from the Misdirector Mark and uh, some other stuff that um, – uh, in the non quarantines we have uh, we have put together um, and given out uh, and we'll do again uh, someday when uh, when things are uh, when things are better someday, someday. now there is another thing you can do uh, it also helps us tremendously supports our if you listen to us you will love us campaign um, the most obvious is go uh, go put 
ear, go put your earbuds into somebody else's ears and make them listen to our show. With their consent. Um, <laughs> with their consent. So I meant like friends and family. Don't do it to strangers. That's weird. Um, but the thing you can do to help strangers find the show, there is a thing you can do. You can go to um, Apple Podcast or some other places. And what is the thing they can do? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is super exciting and makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside like there are pandas playing with our hearts. It's true. It really is. <laughs> it's like little pandas in my chest. So, say, Senda, um, what motivation are you going to pick for that character in your game? Yeah, I'm starting to think that she might be obsessively looking for ingredients. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Click. No, no, it's okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm just a second. I'm split second behind you. Almost failed clicking. <laughs> It's probably close enough. It will not be an issue for me to line up. Yours is usually just a split second after me, so now I'll just line them right up, and then I'll see, like... You'll be able to find the groan where I'm like, ugh. <laughs> well, see, we have to have a conversation now so that I can line up where I talk Correct. and you talk. Yes. Like that. Very good. Delightful. All right. I'm, uh, I'm very interested in blasting through this episode. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. That yep. was almost a... I'm going to take was, a sip of water. It was almost a word when it grew up. Agua. Check. I've eaten chocolate. I ate chocolate, too. And Drink I ate my home, homemade peppermint ice cream. Homemade peppermint ice cream. Okay, we save something for the end of the show. <laughs> All right, you ready? Uh-huh. All right, you want some silence before we start? Mm-hmm. All right, count it in. Bloop. You always have no idea how I'm going to respond to that these days. 